Greetings, uh, UECP. Today, my message is let's hold our hands together. Let's hold our hands together. You see, COVID has hit us hard the second time around in the Philippines. And, you know, many people are dying. Many people are suffering. So what does our country need today? Vaccines. No, we need vaccines. But I would like to suggest one thing that we can do today to help fight uh, COVID. And that is we need to be united. We need to uh, unite together as a country in the midst of this suffering. And the hot topic that we see in the news today is the community pantry. You know, the goal of this movement, this community pantry, is that nobody goes hungry and every, everybody has food to eat. You see, the principle behind this act is about love. It's about showing compassion, helping the poor. Those who have more have an avenue to bless others. And also, it's about encouraging other people. So what is nice about this movement was it was born out of one person's dream, which is to help. That's it, to help. But it also shows us that even if you are just one person, you can affect change. Sometimes, kasi if we think, I'm, it's only me who's doing it, uh, there's nothing that's going to happen. But you see, even if you're just one person, this community pantry has shown us that you can really affect change. And the community pantry shows us that there is hope in the Filipino people. A lot of times, we focus on the negative. You know, like the groups, uh, the group of ladies no, who took the, you know, yung natitira dun sa table and, you know, they were bashed and all of this stuff. But instead, let's focus on the good that this movement has done. It has given people uh, hope, that there's still hope in our country. And that hope can happen if all of us start to be united by helping one another instead of pushing each other down. You see, the community pantry is a symbolism today that if we believe in the same things, which is love, caring for our neighbors who are less fortunate, encouraging them, giving, then we can be united. We can be united. So what do we need in the Philippines today is unity. A united front to fight COVID and hunger. But sad to say, what do we see today in our country? We see hate. We see a lack of communication. We see pride. We see favoritism. And all of this, you know, actually leads to disunity. And today, Paul addresses the Philippian church uh, in Philippians chapter 2, okay, uh, verse uh, 1 to 4. It says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, 
being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. My friends, the Philippian church is actually a strong church. You know? And usually a strong church has a lot of leaders. And when you have a lot of leaders, you have, you have a lot of opinions. So why does Paul write this message to them? It's because when a church is a strong church, okay, there will be many voices. And sometimes these can cause disunity. Disunity doesn't just happen overnight. It's subtle. You know, one, dis one disagreement, then another disagreement, then it goes on top of each other. And before you know it, there is already disunity. So Paul knew that with a strong church like the Philippian church, there must be unity. So how does unity look like? No? Anong itsura ng unity ba? What does it take to be united? I heard this story once in Africa. There was a young boy who got lost in the jungle. So the people of their tribe uh, immediately went out to try and find the young boy. But sad to say, for, uh, for that day, they could not find him. So the next day, they all came, came back to look for the young boy. And when they, before, before they started to um, go through the grass and look for the young boy, um, one of the tribal leaders said, Let us hold hands together. So they all uh, held their hands together. And as they held their hands together, in unison, they walked through the grass. And you know what? They found the young boy. But the young boy was already dead. He died uh, in the night because of the cold weather. And you know, the, young, the, the mother of the young boy was so sad. She was crying. And she said to the tribal leaders, she said, if only we had held hands sooner if only we had held hands sooner if only naghawak kamay tayo agad paul reminds us today for unity to prevail there must be four things present encouragement love care and humility okay encouragement love care and humility number one encouraging one another you see once there was a group of frogs okay they were jumping along okay jumping along and as they were jumping along the fields two of the frogs fell into a deep pit no nahulog sila and the other frogs saw the two frogs who fell and they were shouting, It's too deep! It's too deep! You can't make it! You can't make it! Stop jumping! You cannot reach the top anymore. So the two frogs who were down uh, in the pit, they kept on jumping. But one of them listened 
to those other frogs and he decided to just stop jumping and he fell to his death. But the other frog, he kept on jumping even if the other people were saying, you can't make it, you can't make it. And you know what? He kept on jumping and finally he made it back to the top. And the other frog said, didn't you hear us? Di mo ba kami narinig? No? Why did you keep on jumping? And the frog said, Don't you know? I'm deaf. No? Bingi ako. So all the while, I thought you were encouraging me to jump, to jump, to jump. No, that's why I kept on jumping. My friends, our words are powerful. No? The words that we speak today are very powerful. They can affect they have a big effect on people's lives. So think before you speak. Think about what you say before it comes out of your mouth. It might just be the difference between life and death. So think before you speak. So to encourage is to strengthen someone when he is down and hopeless. So be an encourager and not a discourager. And can you imagine a church, a church's unity, if everyone would let the encouragement of Christ flow through them? Can you imagine UECP, if everyone could have the spirit of encouraging each other flow through them? Second, loving one another. For unity to happen, there must be love. And in this passage, it is referring to agape love. The love that is selfless and sacrificial. So what is agape love? It's loving a person even if he does not deserve to be loved. It's loving a person who is unworthy of being loved. Agape love is the love of Jesus Christ. The love he showed when he gave his life and sacrificed himself for us on the cross. Can you imagine again the unity of the church if everyone would let the love of Christ flow through them? Again, can you imagine the unity of our church if everyone would let the love of Jesus Christ flow through them? You see, verse 2 says that, verse 2 says, have the same love, the same love Christ had for you. You see, love is both words and actions. It has to be both. No, it cannot be just uh, words. It has to be in words and in actions. Some time ago, uh, there was a three-year-old daughter. Okay, um, He and his dad lived in a small house and they were struggling financially. But this young girl wanted to give a gift to his dad. So he got all the remaining um, gift wrapper and she started to wrap, you know, a gift for his dad. And of course, they were already struggling financially. So the dad got angry. He got angry at his daughter. Then the daughter cried. Of course, the father apologized. Then later, when he saw that the daughter was wrapping a gift with nothing in it. It was an empty present. 
the father again got angry. He said, why are you wasting the wrapper by wrapping a gift without any present inside it? And the daughter with tears uh, in her eyes said, Dad, there is a something inside the box which you cannot see. I have given all my kisses inside the gift. Lahat ng kisses I've put inside the gift. And that is my gift for you. My love is my gift for you. You know, that night, uh, the father cried. You know, he was so guilty. And after a few weeks, you know, something terrible happened. The young daughter died. You know, the young daughter died. And from that day on, from that day on, the father kept the gold box, okay, the box with the uh, gold uh, wrapper by his bed for many years. And whenever he was discouraged, he would take out the box and the imaginary kisses and remembered the love of the child who had put it there. My friends, love is the most precious gift in the world. Love is the most precious gift in the world. And love is not always about money. Love comes from the pure motives of a person's heart. Love is to hold someone dearly. To love is also shown through actions. If you observe the community pantry, no? there are simple reminders there. First, magbigay ayon sa kakayahan. Second, kumuha batay sa pangangailangan. Those are the simple rules that uh, you, you can see on the first community pantry done at Maginhawa. Magbigay ayon sa kakayahan, kumuha batay sa pangangailangan. You see, love can move people. It can start with a simple act and it can become a movement. And now there are more than, according to what I have researched, there are more than 350 community pantries all over the Philippines. And this is love. And this is what the church needs today. For us to be united, if only we can hold hands now and agree to walk in the same direction, we can do more things for the Lord. We need to love one another like how we love our families with no agendas. You see, in 1 John 4, 19-21, now I'm reminded also about what is love in this verse. It says, We love because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And He has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. My friends, this is a reminder to us. If we say we love God whom we do not see with our eyes, huh? then we must also love our brothers and sisters, our family, because they are the people we see every day. 
But how come even Christians like us, sometimes we cannot love our family? For unity to happen, there must not only be encouragement, but also love. A love that is real and embraces everyone. We love because God first loved us. If we have no other reason to love others, then this reason is good enough or should be good enough for us to love others unconditionally, even our families. Third, caring for one another. To be united, we must be caring. You know? uh, there must be shepherding that is happening, not just accountability, but real authentic care where you can get to know your sheep, you spend time with them, you open your life, you show your vulnerability, because that is what caring is all about. Caring is sharing. Caring is helping. Christ cares for us in a way that He never gives up on us. Christ never gives up on us. It's like a force. Caring is like a force Lord, that drives him to keep after us time and time again, even if we are in rebellion and don't want to respond to the invitation of Jesus Christ. To really care for someone is not giving up, no matter the circumstances. Again, can you imagine the unity of our church if everyone would let the care or the compassion of Christ flow to them. Can you imagine your church? If everyone would just let the compassion or the care of Christ flow through them. What would happen to our church today if each member is filled with God's encouragement, God's love, and God's care? Can you just imagine that church? It would be such a vibrant church. It would be a church that is filled with the Spirit. It would be a church that can move mountains. Wouldn't it be something that we want to be part of? So in the midst of COVID, we need unity today. We need unity. And if you want to know if you have unity in your church or in your family, these three must be evident encouragement, love, and care. Is this evident in your life? You look at your life first. Don't look at others. No, we like to point at others. <laughs> yeah. But instead of pointing to others, look at yourself. Are you an encourager? Or hindi? Do you love God? Do you love other people? No. Do you show care? Or hindi? Think about that. In life, I've learned you can't control the action of others, but you can control your own actions. You see, you can't control what others do, but you can control how you act. In verse 2, it says, Make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. You see, Paul tells them, do you know what 
would bring me joy. What would bring me joy? You know, Paul was telling the Philippian church. He said, my joy would be fulfilled when your church, the Philippian church, is united. That is what Paul is saying. That would bring me joy if I see unity in your church. You see, for joy to exist in a church, we must be like-minded, have the same love, be in one spirit, and have one purpose. Lastly, humility is what we need in a church so that we can be united. Humility is thinking of others first before oneself. Humility is not thinking too highly of yourself. And what usually destroys um, the unity is selfish ambition and vain conceit. You see, in verse 3 and 4, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And I think living in this world today, sometimes it's hard to do. You know? It's hard to be humble because the world teaches you, you know, if you're humble, you're weak. You know, if you let others uh, win, it's a sign of weakness and you, know, you have to fight for your rights. You have to be number one. Okay? You see, selfish ambition means you elevate yourself. It means you promote yourself through deceit or even trickery. You, know, you trick others. So in your heart, actually, when you have selfish ambition, you could you know, um, try to ask yourself, if you have this, no? in your heart, actually selfish ambition in your heart, you're saying is, make way for me. Make way for me. I am better than all of you. Do we have that sometimes in our heart, creeping in our hearts? No, make way for me. I'm better than all of you. I am more holy than all of you. I know more about the Bible than all of you. I give more than you. Vain conceit, it means excessive pride or yung incorrect, set, incorrect sense of self. Okay? This is a man who is full of himself. So a self, selfishly ambitious person is one who wants the things that God does not want for him. Again, a selfish uh, ambitious person is one who wants the things that God does not want for him. It is one who will do everything at all costs to reach his ambition, even if it means lying, stealing, deceiving. So the most important person for a selfish, ambitious uh, person is, of course, himself and no one else. And this is the opposite of humility. This is the opposite of humility. Now, Paul tells us how to think. How should we think in verse 5? He says, how should we think? He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as of Jesus Christ. Okay, so he says, in our relationships with other people, we have to have the same mindset as of Christ Jesus. Now, the question is, why should we be like Jesus? Now, why? 
Diba? Why should we be like Jesus? And the second question is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? So why should we be like Jesus? And who is Jesus? And this is uh, answered in verse 6 to 8. It says, Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That is Jesus Christ. He is God-man, the one who made himself nothing and humbled himself, becoming obedient to the death of the cross. Now, why did Jesus do these things? He did, he did these things because he was fulfilling God's plan for his life. Jesus was not selfishly ambitious and he never sought to please himself. But he always pleased his Father by doing the Father's will, which included accomplishing redemption for us by dying on the cross for our sins. And to end, uh, 9 to 11, it says, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When Jesus humbled himself, God exalted him. So be like Jesus, be humble. Be like Jesus, be humble. And to bring it home, to bring this message home, I want to salute all mothers. Okay? I want to salute all mothers. You see, most mothers live out humility in their everyday life. They choose uh, by choosing to eat the bones of their children's food, by choosing to eat last when they could eat first, by choosing to encourage when they can nag, by choosing to be loving even when your husband is unloving, choosing to forgive, then bearing a grudge, choosing to be kind when she can be unkind too. Humility is not a popularity contest. It's not about the applause, not about the recognition. Humility is actually about giving your best in serving others. Yeah. Humility is about giving your best in serving others. And that's what mothers do best. So to all the mothers, you know, uh, we salute you. Okay, we salute you. You see, the mothers, they give their best in serving the family. And this, for me, is humility. So let us look to Jesus. No? Stop looking at the world. Stop looking what others have. Stop comparing. Instead, start thanking God 
for what He has done and what He has given. Humility is looking to Jesus and understanding what He has done for us on the cross. It is realizing His love that is so great, that His love is so great that we have nothing to be proud of, nothing. We have no right. We owe our life to Jesus. And that selfish ambition and pride has no place in our life. My friends, I'd like to end again with the community pantry. Okay? The community pantry is a symbolism of unity, love, care, encouragement, and humility. And this is like a modern example of what Jesus wanted for us. It's giving without applause. It's helping without an award. It's sharing voluntarily. And this is humility in action. People coming together to give in what they want and without pressure to perform. Humility is valuing others before oneself. Humility is looking out for the interest of others before oneself. So in the midst of COVID, unity is what we need today in the Philippines. Unity is what we need in our churches today and in our families also. My friends, only if we had held our hands together earlier, only if we can hold our hands starting today, what a difference can we make for tomorrow? God bless.